Welcome to Habitual Excellence, presented by Value Capture. This podcast in our firm is all about helping you and your organization achieve habitual excellence via one unifying focus, one value-based structure, and one performance system. In other words, it's about helping you capture dramatically more value through achieving perfect care and perfect safety for patients and staff. To learn more about Value Capture and our services, visit www.valuecapturellc.com. Hello, welcome to Habitual Excellence, presented by Value Capture. I'm Mark Raven. We're joined today, we have two guests, Ken Siegel and Shanna Paget, both also with Value Capture. So I want to say hi and welcome each of you. Shanna, first off, thank you for being here. First time guest on our podcast. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be here. Hey, Ken. Nice to see you. Great to see you, Shane. So um, I'm a I'm a value capture and um, been there about five years now, working with healthcare organizations and higher ed institutions, and uh, recovering frontline healthcare providers. So it's always fun to to be able to talk about things that help the folks that we work with. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Shannon. We're going to be able to talk about you know systems and how that supports frontline healthcare staff um, during these important times and, uh, and always. Um, Ken, welcome back to the podcast. If you if maybe people haven't heard your other episode, can you give a little introduction to yourself as well? Sure. Thanks, Mark. I'm Ken Siegel, and um, I'm one of the founders and, and serve as the managing partner at Value Capture. And so get to help our team as they help uh, health system leaders and their teams across the country um, transform their operations through a focus on safety. Great. So, you know, today we're going to be talking about systems and systems design. And, you know, one of the big, I think, you know, contributors to our work and, um, you know, this this type of work is from the Shingo Institute and the Shingo Framework. Um, so, Shanna, can you give us a sort of an overview of what the Shingo Framework is? Absolutely. So I, I'm just going to start with I knew about the Shingo Framework before I knew about the Shingo Framework. Um, Back in my days, um, managing and delivering care, we had things like quality circles and TPM, and we had all sorts of things. Turns out those are a part of the the Shingo framework. I just never knew it. So it was always fun to learn about the Shingo framework and be like, hey, I've been using that for a long time. Mm. But the framework is really awesome in that it is, um, what I love about it is it's agnostic. It doesn't matter which industry you work in doesn't matter how long your organization has been around or where you're at in your journey to be better for your customers and better for your employees. The framework really allows you to get back to first principles. So why are you here? Who do you serve? What do you stand for? And then it has a really great way of helping us understand what's helping you get the results and culture you want or what's getting in the way of getting that culture or results that you need. And uh, it's fun. It's nice because it's very practical, actionable, and applicable in lots of different places. So that's what I love about it. Yeah. Thanks, Shanna. Um, Ken, anyway, what are your thoughts on the Shingo framework, you know, in particular, um, the impact that it has on leaders and the role that they play? Yeah, I, I'm, uh, you know, Shanna and I are both certified facilitators for the Institute. And, um, you know, we're proud to be an affiliate of the Institute at Value Capture. And I think it's um, really helped us 
help leaders uh, in particular. And, you know, for me, and we've just seen leaders light up as they sort of deepen their confidence about how to lead their organizations forward um, toward, you know, really meaningful, mission-centered, deep goals that are really important, not just in terms of the work and what it's producing, but how people in the organization are connected as people. And so it really helps leaders live out their values um, in a really profound way and, and, and help their people succeed. Um, and I think it does that. There are sort of two pretty simple practical aspects of it that I'm always amazed by as I, I see leaders engage with it. And, and Shanna used the word practical as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first is, you know, you know, there's an old saying that all frameworks are wrong, but some are useful. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really simple in the, in the, in the biggest outline in the sense that it, it, it sort of creates an equation. And at the top of the equation are the principles of organizational excellence that are sort of timeless and they're present whether or not you want them to be there. And we might talk in a little more detail later and they range from respect for every individual to constancy of purpose to create results for the customer and many others in between. And they, they then take those principles which have to underlie everything and say, you've got to create systems to drive those and make sure they're true every day and everything you do. And, you know, systems is not an abstract thing. We're going to talk more about it, but you've got management systems, improvement systems, and work systems, the fundamental work itself. And then it just helps you realize those are made up of tools that have to connect, you know, to create the larger purpose of the systems, which relates to the principles. And to do that, it's all about what people do. It's their behaviors. And that that's what gets you the results. And so it sort of graphically and simply shows you this equation and how to line things up from the deepest, most important concepts to the very practical, ideal behaviors that are going to get you the results you want and just keep it all linked. And then I think the second part about it for leaders that is that is really powerful is it sort of suggests what your most important role is in all of that and therefore what you should be focused on and what you should be spending your time on. And that is to get your head a little bit out of the results, not completely. You got to know about the results. Leaders care about results. But to realize that defining the principles for your organization, you're you're sort of either adopting, recognizing the Shingo principles or adopting them for yourselves and keeping everybody's focus on that every day is your most important role. And then the second one is to make sure that the systems in your organization are promoting those principles all the way through to behavior. And if you do that and you set laser-like focus on it, you know, this virtual chain of excellence can cascade. And a third thing I'll just throw in there is that there's a really deep research base behind the behind the um, Shingo model, and it continues to be refined. And it comes from those organizations that have been able to really outcompete, you know, from everything, any sector, including nonprofits, but out outcompete other organizations over time through excellence. And what are they doing that's different? And what do they share in common that's linked and powerful? And I think, you know, for a pressured leader, those three aspects of a model are, are, are recommended. So, um, Ken, you know, a follow-up question, and then um, Shanna, maybe we can get some of your thoughts on this. When you talk about those principles, you know, I think one in particular, respect for people as a principle. 
it's just three words. It might sound really simple, but I think there's a lot of richness and meaning behind that phrase. Um, Ken, what, what are your thoughts or, you know, if you elaborate on, on what that means really in a workplace to have respect for people um, in, in general or with connections to safety? Yeah. Thanks, Mark. And uh, I, I think Shannon and I will both probably have too much to say about this. So I'll try to keep my intro comments short on this. Yeah. But, you know, Shingo expresses this as respect for every individual. Mm-hmm. So it's not a general comment. It's not a it's not a general aspiration. It's that we must treat and every individual must feel treated with respect, you know, equal to their dignity as a human being. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it turns out, and I referenced the research the research earlier, that um among the very biggest predictors of excellence and excellent results in an organization is the level at which that principle is felt by everyone every day and it's measurable. And if we reflect on our own life within organizations and our own emotional state um, and the difference between when we feel we are respected by everyone we encounter or not and that the impact that that has on our ability to do our best work and our desire to do our best work versus if we're in environments where disrespect is tolerated or felt or some, sadly sometimes used as a tool um, mm-hmm. and sometimes systematically used as a tool. Um, people can't do their best work. You know, we creep into a fear-based environment, et cetera. So if we want excellence, we want to be in an aspirational environment. And that starts with, and it just starts with, um, creating an environment where everybody is respected every day. And that we we think deeply about our behaviors tied to that. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, Shannon, what would you? I really, um, I don't know that I would add a lot more about respect for every individual. But I really would bring that back to this is a principle. So a lot of times we spend a little bit of energy in the in the classes, in the workshops, talking about what's the difference between a principle, a value, a mission, a vision. And principles have con- consequences, whether you know about them, whether you believe them, even if you disbelieve them. So a, a physical principle is gravity, right? Like you don't have to understand gravity to experience gravity. You step off the cliff, you will fall down. <laughs> Um, or you can harness it, right? We can get planes off the ground and fly them really far distances. So these are these are organizational principles. And that respect for every individual, if you haven't figured out how to lock um, that behavior into your organization, you will have consequences, right? You'll lack engagement. You'll have higher turnover. Um, it could get a lot worse. I mean, those are people opting out. It could get much worse with how we treat each other day to day and when we're really stressed. And so, you know, that along with the nine other principles sort of organize into people. You know, how do we treat our people? How do we run our processes? What is our purpose? Why are you here? Who do we serve? And how are we going to get that done? And that simplicity really resonates with leaders because they can get their heads around it. So are, are we getting everything we need to get? Nope. Let's take a look. We believe that. We, we believe we have consequences if we don't do it. But we're not, getting, we're not getting it for everybody or we're not getting it all the time. How can we dive into that and where can we see the gaps and how can we fix them? And so, again, back to that uh, 
you know, if you're perfect, you're probably not coming to us to talk about it. So <laughs> let's figure out where the gaps are and then understand how you really bring to life those operational and organizational excellence principles, respect for every person, you know, seek perfection, right? The, the really big things, create value for your customer. They sound so simple and easy and of course, but if you're not at 100%, Shingo, that, that model really helps us dive into that, understand what we can do differently and, and drive quick and fast experiments. I realize I'm just going on and on. It works. Yeah, no, it's, 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 there's, a lot to, there's a lot that could be said about it. So don't apologize for going on and on. It's an important, um, important subject and conversation. Um, before talking about the idea of a systems design um, course, um, you know, Shanna, let's say like, we're on an elevator and someone says like, oh, well, what, what do you mean by systems? What's uh, sort of, you know, the short, short answer? Well, no, I mean, it's, it's important. It doesn't have to be short. How would you answer that? It could be a All tall right. building for this elevator. We're going to go to the 44th floor. Okay. All right. You and me, Mark. All right. We just hit the so, button. So um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually I use something that's sort of a, an equalizer, right? Like, like the human body is a system. Um, ecology is a system, uh, a car is a system, right? And there's, there's a lot of people that have helped inform the Shingo framework and how we talk about this. But um, Dr. Akoff, he, he's out on YouTube. You can look him up. We, we talk about him in the workshop. But he really has a great example about how um, best of breed is not a system, right? So if you get the best engine from a Ferrari and the best seat leather from BMW and the best brakes from Volkswagen, whatever, all the best of breed and try to put that together. So you have the best car. Yeah. You don't have a car and it doesn't work. <laughs> right. Good luck. Right. If you take out my heart, I might have a perfectly good brain, but it's not going to work anymore because you took out the heart. And so those systems really are those integrated systems that when they work together, they are more than the part. And that's what we're trying to do with that systems design. And I love the fact that Shingo has done 40 years of research and, you know, going out and learning from the people that fail and the people that succeed to figure out how they do it. And then, um, you know, sort of boil it down so anybody can do it any day that you need to do it. But systems design is so important because that's where you lock it in. Mm -hmm. You lock in the behaviors, you lock in the culture and you lock in the results. And so if what you've locked in isn't exactly what you want, you know which door, which lock to go to, to start making some changes. Mm -hmm. We are only on the 27th floor, Mark. I did so good. <laughs> I mean, Ken, we, we still have a few floors to go. Um, I mean, what, what thoughts do you have to add on, on systems, you know, and, and thinking of, of healthcare organizations? What, what are systems? How do we describe them? Yeah, I I could I couldn't come close to Shanna or Dr. Atkoff's eloquence for the remaining fifteen floors we have here, but I think uh, I appreciate you turning it to healthcare organizations because I, I think healthcare organizations, like most organizations, suffer from a lack of conscious thought about system design mm. and. Um, they rarely have a set of principles that they use to even design the work systems, the sets of clinical flows. You know, those are often invented anew every time. 
um, and may or may not have a, a, even the integrating thought of the system framework that, that Shanna said. Um, the improvement systems are, are always there. They are not always recognized as a system and they are not always really anchored to fundamental purpose, right? So often we have systems in healthcare because the regulators tell us we have to have them or conscious or you know common sense right. says you have to have something. But if you ask the systems question and is it all working together the way it should to produce the aim, which say for the improvement system should be safety and the highest quality care possible and even beyond if we're really thinking boldly, we often will quite easily realize we're working in silos that don't connect well, uh, that, you know, the customer gets, the patient gets dropped between them, things go wrong, etc. And so that we haven't knitted the muffler and the, you know, the carburetor uh, together well, etc. Um, the other is management systems. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it is, it is really a relatively new phenomenon in health systems to this day to recognize that the management system has to sort of beat at the at the at the pace of the work and be connected and connect leaders to the front line and be frontline focused and be consciously designed for that purpose and mm -hmm. we have a lot of very archaic um uh, uh structures in the in the in the management systems that we've inherited that actually don't support great clinical care and don't support rapid improvement. Um, and um, so conscious thought about systems uh, as it applies to the essential systems in healthcare is, is not present enough and healthcare mm -hmm. organizations that bring a presence and a focus to it benefit greatly and, you know, and are among those that are, you know, accelerating past their peers and, um, and on all metrics right now. So, I mean, what I hear you saying, or another way of putting it maybe is that um, there's a difference between a system that exists that just evolved versus mm -hmm. a system that has been intentionally designed or redesigned. I see you both right. nodding your heads. Um, Shanna, what, what are your thoughts um, you know, kind of about that that gap between the reality and more of the ideal. I think a number of of roles that I've had or even leaders I've worked with, a lot of times we're sort of like, you know, I didn't I didn't build this, I inherited this. So back mm. to your point around that. And and trying to tinker around the edges to make it make it better. And the the lovely thing about um, what Shingo teaches us is actually, you know, you gotta have an aim a goal, an owner. There's five parts to a system that must exist. Like you can literally go and see, do you have these things? You know, if you don't, let's get those things. Um, if you have those things, but it's not getting you what you want, how do we understand that better? And how do we support the people or the processes that are currently in place? And, and really, I've never seen anybody articulate how to tackle a system the same way that we've been tackling processes, right? You know, spaghetti diagram and step-by-step -step and all of those sorts of things. Shingo has actually helped us articulate a way to sort of see and dissemble the system so that we can put it back together again and run real experiments and not just tinker around the edges. Mm. Um, and, and that's how you go from wherever you are 
to your next target condition and your next target condition toward that ideal. And I just, I mean, Shingo only really pulled this together in the last couple of years. And the first time I sat through it, I was like, holy cow, where has this been all my life, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. not because it doesn't exist, but because I couldn't articulate it. And so it's just really powerful to be able to like put it on paper and see it and do something about it. So um, Ken, can you tell us more about the format of um, the Shingo Systems Design course? Um, how, how is that experience structured? Yeah, so uh, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit first about um, sort of the, the, the common structure to all the Shingo workshops and, mm-hmm. and we, can, we can articulate um, the systems elements as well. So, um, you know, the, the first thing is that they're all hosted at a site that is um, not just providing, you know, a conference room or, uh, you know, a, or sort of a video entry in this world of uh, virtual, if you will but is also a, a place where we're gonna to get to apply our learnings and see it in the real world and test our skills and build ourselves as we, as we begin to learn this framework or the particular aspect of the framework that we're looking at in that particular shingle workshop. So um, there's a chance to learn from real folks doing real things, which is great. And, and of course that itself is, is a very generous offer because you know these are organizations that are opening themselves up to people, to learners who are coming and seeing exactly how they work and, and learning from that, but also able, every participant is able um, in a structured way through the workshop to share what they see um, in the framework of the principles back with the host organization. And so there's this wonderful sort of uh, impact of fresh eyes and, you know, participants in Shingo workshops are very talented and um, the host organizations get that benefit as well. The the workshops tend to be 15 to 25 participants and um, it is a, uh, the the structure is there's the opportunity to learn um, through discussion and some, you know, great exhibits and things like that, but then a lot of very interactive exercises not just with the with the facilitators, but with your peers. And again, one of the exciting things about the workshops is who you're there with, and it can be people from all over the world. You know, the the Shingo Prize and the Shingo Institute, um, you know, has a growing number of adherents on literally every continent. Um, and so, who is in the workshop can be a really exciting part of the learning community. So, so you have this sort of dynamic way to get exposed to the principles and, and practice with them through, up through exercises within, these, within your peers and in small groups. And, and then on each day, and the workshops tend to be two days, you go and apply. So you sort of, Shingo calls it go and observe. And so there are these structured observations which uh, always involve direct interaction with team members from the host organization and observing them doing their work, but also asking them questions that relate to the Shingo principles or framework that you're diving into in that particular workshop. And the point is not for the student to be so smart and have it all figured out and all that stuff. We are actually developing ourselves to think within the framework and reflect the principles and then developing ourselves to can we elicit information about whether this principle is true or not in this particular environment through this person 
you know, my colleague, my fellow human being. And so it's this wonderful mix of framework all the way through to the essentials for greatness in any organization, which is all about people and relationship. And it keeps the focus on the, um, on the learner, on the student as the one who's trying to develop themselves. So there's a level of respect for the host organization, for the learning um, enterprise itself that is really deeply embedded um, in, the, in the whole structure. Um, of the of the workshops themselves. Um, I'll just say that each workshop, like Ken says, is a you know a combination of let's learn a topic, let's do some exercises, and then let's apply it. Let's figure out some questions, some observations, and go and see, and then come back, and more importantly, uh, understand like what did we just learn, and then what could we say about that based on what we learned? Because the what can you say about it is actually define the gap and make a plan. So the learners get to practice all of that. But systems is unique in that we're out mapping the system, right? So how, what can we learn about work? What can we learn about improvement? What can we learn about management? How can we map those things? And how can we understand that and articulate what we saw so that we can measure a gap and figure out what we could do? Oh, there isn't an aim. There isn't an owner. They don't have reports. Um, there's lots of things you can see and the learners experience that in the in the systems workshop. So it's very unique in that way. Um, and again, it's applying all the principles where the deep dive workshops, you know, in cultural enablers, we really go into the, the people and enterprise alignment, you really go in purpose. Systems, you talk about all the principles, but how they come through the systems. So it's pretty cool. And, and how does um, the systems design course fitted to the sequence of the different Shingo courses? Mark, maybe I can take that one. Um, so so the, the workshop sequence is, it starts with an overview course, an introductory course that's really exciting. I mean, you see people almost, you, you almost feel your life change as I did as I went through it. So it's not just like a beginner thing. It's a, an exciting overview and it's called Discover Excellence. And then, as Shanna mentioned, the systems design course is new is the newest one, and and it it comes second. Um, that's how important it is because it is people often, especially after getting exposed at the first level to to, to the Shingo principles, want to know well how how do I apply this? And if you think about the the sequence I described of principles to systems to tools to behaviors to outcomes. Um, systems is second, right? So, and and as Shanna, I think, really eloquently explained, the um, it, it, it's such a hopeful, practical, systemic way to think about making positive change happen, uh, and it and it sort of gives you the way to apply the principles and the other core ideas of the workshop. So that's why I come second. Then um, the next workshops are the deeper dives onto the different parts of the of the Shingo principles, those buckets uh, that that Chana eloquently summarized. So the the first one goes deep into the principles related to cultural enablers, that people bucket that that um, Shanna talked about, and that one is really deep and really powerful. Um, the next uh, the next workshop focuses on the principles of continuous improvement and uh, at their deepest level, um, sort of um, 
you know, one of the things I want to say about that one is Shingo is sometimes surprised, especially um, when we look at healthcare, that there's almost an assumption because in so much of American manufacturing, the the principles of continuous improvement um, um, are have to be so deeply set, otherwise they would have been out of business a long time ago, that there's almost an assumption that there's going to be a fairly high level of performance on those things in healthcare. And the truth is, we're, we're really in infancy in healthcare in terms of truly applying those principles to get, you know, one piece flow um, and pull, not push, um, and building quality in across the enterprise. So this is this is a really important one for organizations that are not as, as deep on that yet. Um, the next is the enterprise alignment um, one, creating constancy of purpose, creating value for the customer. This is the one that if you don't create that central aim uh, for the business uh, organization, you're going to be out of business uh, fairly soon. Um, so this one is uh, both powerful and super practical, and it allows you that deeper dive and chance to reflect and, and, and go into those principles and tie it all together. And then, and then there is a capstone workshop, and the capstone workshop is called Build Excellence. And it's sort of where you take everything you learned, both uh, the, the sort of systems depth from the systems workshop and then the deeper dives into each of the principles. And then you almost bring it back to systems and you actually get to sort of take current state on a system within an organization, think about what needs to be done or what you'd recommend to pull it all together and get higher performance out of it. So it's sort of a very practical sort of capstone feel. And so those are the six that complete the sequence and set you on your way. I, I do want to say something um, about Shingo that we haven't emphasized yet that um, we're talking about how powerful and practical it is, but it's important to understand it's not a separate um it's not a separate set of letters of, oh, we used to do um, Toyota production system, but now we need to do Shingo. Or we used to do Six Sigma, and now we need to do Shingo. What Shingo is, because it's principle-based and the fairly simple framework around it, it's more of a, of a lens to hold up against your journey and structure right now and take it deeper, take it back closer to fundamental principles, to deeper aims, and making sure the pieces all connect and bring it forward. So this is not um, the newest hot rod. Uh, this is uh, taking a deeper look and deepening your journey. And that's another reason why I think it's so helpful. Um, yeah. That's the workshop sequence. I don't want people to think that you have to take all six courses and, you know, get right. your degree in order to apply, right? You, you can come to the first one and learn everything you need to know for your organization, depending on where your organization is to incorporate that framework, or you can go through all of them. You can go through workshops with your team members, right? So we, we've had clients that are, we're going to bring our senior team through this and this is what we're going to take on. We're going to go through them together. And we've had other clients that love to go to public workshops where they're going someplace that's maybe out of their, like healthcare people going to manufacturing sites and manufacturing people going to hospitals. Like you get outside of your industry and you learn together with a, a group of people. So there's just a lot of different ways to get this education. And um, Shingo, the Shingo Institute, they're not consultants. They're, they're studiers and they are publishers and so I, I don't know if people know that about the Shingo Institute, but that's what they do, right? It's not some shtick to get the next job, right? This is what they've learned. They publish it. And then we 
train really hard to represent their, <laughs> their studies so that people can learn um, in effective ways. So thanks for letting yeah. me add my two cents, Mark. I appreciate it. Um, so before we wrap up, um, you know, I also want to cover, um, you know, uh, Ken, you know, if an organization wants to have their own workshop, what would they do? Yeah, so, um, and Chana hinted at this a little bit, but um, one of the cool things about the Institute and how they set these up is they create either public workshops, which, you know, anyone could come to and, you know, people do, but you also have the option of a private workshop, which is what if, if, you, if an organization wants its own, um, because they're thinking seriously about the framework and applying it, and they want a, a group of key people to go through it together, or maybe even cascade groups going through this, the sequence together then they can either, it's always possible to go somewhere else with a full group, but also you can have the workshop at your place. And um, any of the affiliates of the, the certified affiliates of the Shingle Institute can, can come in and do that for you. Um, and a little bit of an advertisement for that is, you know, because it's with the team that would then be implementing together and it's at your place, it's particularly powerful, I think. Um, to, to enhance your journey. Um, and, uh, you know, so again, a lot of flexibility. A lot of times those develop with, say, the leader of the organization first goes to a public workshop and learns enough to know that this is really potentially significant and then pulls it back into their own organization through a series of private workshops. That's very cool. And um, Shanna, can you talk a little bit about um, March 9th and 10th, um, why, why people should come to Lancaster General Hospital? So come virtually, um, but our friends there at Lancaster have offered, they are opening their doors for people to come together and um, explore their systems while we all learn together about um, the system's design. And so Ken and I are, are hosting that workshop. We're not hosting, Lancaster's hosting. What are we doing, Ken? We're teaching, we're sure. facilitating. We're teaching. Yeah. Um, but they're amazing folks, right? So they've been on their lean journey a long time. They worked with a number of different partners. They have some really cool stuff. And they're also, you know, deeply humble. What else can we learn? How else can we better serve our community and, and get better ourselves? So we're just really fortunate to get to teach the systems workshop with them as the host and the, the learning lab, if you will, where we get to go and see and explore. And so it's going to be really fun. And, and we're going to think, we're not going to think, we're going to have all the workshops there over the year. So if somebody really is excited by it and wants to come to other workshops, they'll be down the road. Um, but as Ken said, there's also other affiliates that teach them or we can come to you. But, but March is special in that we get to teach the systems workshop with our friends at Lancaster General. And, and just to emphasize the idea that this, in normal times, would be taught on site. Right. Here in March, it's being taught virtually. And so there's going to be some technology or accommodation to yeah. help bring people into that workplace. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sophisticated. I mean. But we will, we will, we do, and we will go to, yeah, we go to the place, we talk to the people, but the, the we, the learners are are not at Lancaster so that we can keep them safe. But the Lancaster folks take us to the place and show us the thing. And, and yeah, it's pretty cool. We've done a few of those virtual workshops now. So it's all right. Well, good. So I think if people want to learn more about the workshops in general and these um, specific dates, um, they can go to the Value Capture website, www.valuecapturellc.com. 
and we'll put a more specific link in um, the show notes for people to, to click and um, go there. Um, so again, we've been joined by Shanna Paget, Ken Siegel, my uh, good friends and colleagues from here at Value Capture. Thank you so much for taking some time to share some thoughts about the Shingo framework and, and why this is also important and for talking about the course. Thanks a lot, Mark. Mark, really appreciate it. And to everybody out there, you know, you're probably picking it up. Shingo is really a difference maker and it's it's really been an exciting part of our careers and lives. And we hope you'll, you know, take at least, at least dip a toe in to see if, if you agree. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. Thanks again. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Habitual Excellence presented by Value Capture. We hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and please also rate and review it in your favorite podcast directory or app. To learn more about Value Capture and how we can help your organization on this journey to habitual excellence, visit our website at www.valuecapturellc.com.